Wisdom, where we are applying biblical truth to everyday life. My name is Derek Brown, and I am here today with Cliff McManus, and we are both pastors and elders at Creekside Bible Church in Cupertino, California, and professors at the Cornerstone Bible College and Seminary in Vallejo, California. And today we want to continue our discussion of a Christian's view of the government. But before we do, I want to point your attention to withallwisdom.org, where you will find a large and growing collection of resources on various theological, cultural, and practical topics that are all rooted in God's Word and aimed to help you make genuine progress in your walk with the Lord. Today, we want to talk about specific governing authorities and our attitude we should have toward those governing authorities, and specifically the police. And so I just want to hand it right over to you, Cliff, today, so that you can talk to us about how Christians should think about and their attitude towards these governing authorities with an emphasis on the police. Yeah, as we're picking up on uh, our episode from last time on Romans 13, you and I, Derek, as pastors, Bible teachers, uh, just and as Christians, uh, over all these episodes, a common theme of our great concern is helping fellow believers develop a comprehensive Christian worldview. Right. And uh, hopefully – Folks have listened enough to our episodes to know what we're talking about when we're talking about a worldview, um, a, a comprehensive paradigm by which to view all of reality mm-hmm. from God's point of view, right. and not just uh, in an isolated manner that God only cares about Sundays or the religious things in our life. God cares about everything. Right. His Bible speaks to everything. His Bible is sufficient on all things, and we are confident that as we live life, we can have a God's perspective on every area of life. Yeah. And that would include the government, how we view government as Christians, and that's really Paul's point of view in Romans 13, trying to help Christians develop a complete uh, Christian worldview regarding governing authorities, and we showed how he laid that down. Uh, and there's a balance there. As we develop our Christian worldview, it's always important. No matter what the topic is, you can go to extremes. Yeah. If you take a Bible verse out of context and you don't consult other verses, the whole counsel of God, you can have a an unbalanced view, right. even though that verse is in the Bible. Right. You can have a stilted view. Uh, that's detrimental. That's why we need the whole counsel of God. We need all of God's truth all over the Bible to inform us on any given issue so that we're not lopsided in our thinking. Um, or become a legalist. That's a lot of times. That's the problem with being a legalist is you, you're only highlighting certain verses, yeah. the ones you like, yeah. and you're neglecting <laughs> the other ones that give a counterbalance to that yeah. to help us avoid the extremes. So, it, one of the themes we were highlighting last time in Romans thirteen one through seven was well, Christians need to uh, submit to government because it's pretty emphatic. Every person. That's without exception. Yeah. Is to be in subjection or to be submissive to the governing authorities. Mm-hmm. And that's that sounds like almost without qualification there, but you, you did a good job of pointing out verse three does give us qualifications for that. It's legitimate governing authorities yeah. doing the job God called them to do, right. which was protect the innocent and the good and to punish evil. Mm-hmm. Um so that's who we're supposed to be submissive to and governing authorities. But uh, we were challenged with, I thought that was a great way you put it, that COVID was a good litmus test for the Christian world yeah. on how we understand and more importantly apply Romans 13, 1 through 7. Right. And we learned a lot of new stuff. I We heard 
high-profile evangelical Christian leaders saying stuff about Romans 13 that surprised us. Right. Like, wow, I didn't know you would have landed on this side of this argument. Mm-hmm. Never knew that. Mm-hmm. I've heard this Bible teacher for 30 years. So uh, the COVID challenge really did uh, expose a lot of the practical implications of how we uh, apply the truth of Romans 13. Yeah. Uh, so our goal is to help us understand the full counsel of God on any given matter and avoid the extremes. And last time we emphasized avoiding the extreme of this idea that Christians had and still have is that we obey the government at all times under all conditions, mm-hmm. no matter what the circumstances are, without exception. Right. And that is not true. That's not a balanced perspective. Right. There, there are exceptions to just about every rule. Right. Uh, so we don't want to be that extreme. And, you know, uh, Jesus, we didn't even refer to Jesus last episode where he, he gave the beautiful balance in uh, Matthew, yeah, Matthew 22, 21 and uh, Mark 12, mm-hmm. where in government he said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and unto God the things that belong to God. Yeah. So up front, Jesus was saying, there's a balance here. Yeah. It's not one or the other. It's both and. And it's not like government is equal in terms of power and authority as God. Mm-hmm. God is above all. He's completely <laughs> sovereign. Right. The government is under God. Right. So they aren't equals. Um, but the government has limited authority and it needs to stay in its proper lane. And yeah. Christians need to understand what that is. So that one extreme of we don't just believe we submit to the government in all things because they can do bad things. Right. Um, but the other extreme, as we're talking about, oh, okay. So we need to honor under we need to honor the government, honor governing authorities, submit to them. Uh, but aren't there times where should we submit to even evil governments? Mm. And you can just hear you know questions, people saying, "Right, oh, does this apply to Hitler? Right, were all those Germans and especially the Jews in Germany at the time just supposed to submit to everything Hitler dictated and right. demanded?" Is that what this means? And of course we would say no, because he wasn't doing good. He was doing evil. He was perverting and distorting uh, and abusing the authority that God gave him. So we got to avoid that extreme as well. This doesn't mean just uh, submit to those who are evil. Um, And as a reaction, there are some Christians who hold the view, and I, I alluded to this last time, that there are people who call themselves Christians who hold kind of a, an anarchy view of government. Mm-hmm. We don't need government. Um, but that view flies in the face of what Paul says here because he says all authority has been established by God, right. laid down by God. So you, you can't be a Christian and, and be an anarchist. <laughs> it, it's just not possible. As a matter of fact, if you call yourself a Christian and you say you're an anarchist or believe in anarchy yeah. – You don't even understand how the world operates from God's point of view because the reality is is that the way God made humanity, the human race, the life in which we live, it's hierarchical Mm -hmm. in structure. That's the very framework of how we live is hierarchy. And basically it's everything, all human relations, institutions, interactions, enterprise is based on authority and submission at every level. It can't function otherwise. It can't. You have to have a chain of command. You have yep. to have orders that are followed and structures. And, and I just – if a person calls themselves a Christian anarchist and they have – they have don't have any area where they want to submit to the government, I just wonder about their submission to God. Exactly. The, the greatest authority if they're not willing to submit to lesser authorities. Exactly. Well, that's, that's the paradigm by which everything else flows is 
everything in human society is based on authority and submission, mm-hmm. and it starts with God. Yeah. He is the authority, and all of creation is submissive to him. And especially, like you said, if you're a Christian, uh, your greatest confession is that Jesus is Lord. Yeah, that right. means Jesus is the sovereign one. Yeah. Every knee will bow to Jesus Christ, who is Lord and God is Lord. So that's mm-hmm. where it starts. Your personal devotion to God is the very picture of authority mm-hmm. and submission. Yeah. And that is actually replicated all throughout human society from the highest level of, of God over humanity, but also government across the globe, yeah. and then down to the most personal and intimate level in the family yeah. or parents, they're the authority and the children are to be submissive. Right. Um, the relationship between husband and wife, he's the head of the home, the leader of the home, the authority in the home, and the wife is to be the submissive one. Right. So and this is at every level. I was just going to say, and too, you know, some some people chafe these days at the idea that, um, uh, at the idea of submission to authority. Yep. And actually, it's it's when authority is is appropriately used, it actually blesses people, blesses children, blesses citizens of a nation, blesses, blesses wives. Um, and Paul even, or David even mentions this in the in the Old Testament, uh, where he says, "When a, a king rules wisely, it's like dew upon the grass. It's like this pleasant." thing for the people when he rules with the wisdom of God and he rules his people wisely. It's a blessing. It is. And that was God's intention. Yeah. All authority came from God. All authority is established by God. And all authority that comes from God is intended to bless humanity. Yeah. Yep. To protect humanity. So authority properly used and wielded is a protection. Mm-hmm. That's how God intends it. Uh, so it provides protection. It provides safety. It provides order mm-hmm. as opposed to chaos. Mm-hmm. God is a God of order not chaos. Satan is a chaotic being. He yeah. is diabolical. That's his name. He's a destroyer and diabolical. Mm-hmm. He's the exact opposite of order. Yeah, that's a really good point. And therefore, he's an anarchist. And the spirit of anarchy comes from Satan himself. Hmm. Wow. Um, an anarchy is lawlessness. That's a synonym for it. Lawlessness. Yeah. You think about, well, what is God? God is a God of law and order. How has God revealed himself to humanity. Well, one of the ways he did that was through law. Mm-hmm. He gave 615 laws to Moses and his people, and a law from God, what is that? That's a tangible manifestation of the very character of God. Yeah, it tells right. us what God is like, what he likes, what he hates, what he will punish, how he is holy. His law defines who he is. Yeah. Uh, so that's why God is a God of law and of order. Satan hates all of that. Hmm. So he's absolutely opposed to law and order. Uh, an anarchist. So that that's just a good thing for to add to your Christian worldview, this idea of anarchy or mm. um, the bumper sticker that says question authority. <laughs> People have that bumper sticker. It's it's an ironic it's very it's an ironic bumper sticker because basically it's saying question authority except for the authority of that bumper sticker telling you to question authority. Yes. So it's, anytime it's self defeating it is contradictory. Yeah self contradictory. And at the same time it is the the exact opposite of the Christian worldview. The right. Christian worldview. You know, people think it's cute or they like it or they or some people actually believe that. Mm-hmm. That's how we should live life, question authority. Mm-hmm. It's very telling, actually. In yeah. two words, very telling of where your heart is. Yes. If you live by that principle of yeah. question authority, that means I willingly live in defiance of what Romans thirteen says, mm-hmm. which recognizes that all authority, 
was given by God yep. for our good. For our good. Yeah. Yep. For our blessing. Yep. Yep. So if you're a Christian and you have that bumper sticker, uh, go take it off <laughs> immediately. Because <laughs> uh, Romans 13 says, submit to authority or welcome authority. Yeah. Uh, and that, again, that's authority that's not abused or twisted. And that's another important point is that all authority does come from God, but all authority uh, that does come from God that's wielded by humans can be perverted and sure. distorted and abused. Sure. So, uh, but that's not God's intent. Mm-hmm. And we can't blame God mm-hmm. for man's sinfulness. That's right. So you got an abusive father. He is the authority in that home, and he got that authority from God. But if he abuses that authority, yeah. that's not God's fault, and that's yeah. not what God wants right. if he's being sinful. Yeah. And that's true in any area. If you've got corrupt, abusive politicians, they got that authority from God, but God didn't intend them or want them to abuse their authority. Right. They're sinful for doing that. Right. They will be held accountable for doing that. Yeah. Sometimes God will reveal his wrath towards them mm-hmm. for doing that as a matter of a higher level of accountability for to him who has been trusted much, much will be required. Yeah. So authority figures, they have much accountability that they have to face God for. So, But just this... Uh, getting back to, I want to answer one of the questions. We, uh, Paul uses these words when he's talking about governing authorities, uh, those who bear the sword as ministers of God. He calls them rulers, mm-hmm. ministers, and servants. Well, who are these rulers, ministers, and servants that we are supposed to have respect for, that we're supposed to honor, and that we're supposed to submit to? What are yeah. some of the – today, this day and age, it would be a little different from Paul's sure. day when they had you know like an emperor – and they didn't have a democracy like we do there in Rome. So today, Derek, how does this apply to us? Who are these rulers, ministers, servants that we are supposed to honor and obey? So I think you can break it down from a national to a local level. So you have federal lawmakers that determine laws for our whole nation. Then you have state-level lawmakers who determine laws for the state. You have... uh, uh, government officials at uh, every level, so local uh, to the federal level, to the national level. Um, uh, then you have the you have the military, who has certain certain jurisdiction, per, primarily foreign, but can also have a certain jurisdiction here when it's ordered by the president to certain domestic uh, jurisdiction. Then you have uh, the police, who are have jurisdiction over cities and towns, and then you would have a sheriff who has jurisdiction over counties. Those are just some of them. You have some more you might uh, suggest, but those are, I think, the the kind of the basic yeah, ones. Yeah, I agree. Those are the main ones that uh, we deal with today, from presidents to governors to mayors, like yeah. all those government officials you said, and those who serve in, on their behalf and mm-hmm. behalf of the law. Even the IRS would be in there, <laughs> uh, pay your taxes, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's a, an extension of uh, governing authorities um, all the way down to, like you said, the local level. Uh, and then Paul defines uh, very simply their authority is manifest through that they bear the sword. So th- that speaks of they have coercive power. Coercive power. They can, they can force us uh, into compliance. Yes. Rightfully so yeah. from God's point of view yeah. um, if we don't obey the law. Right. And if it's warranted, and to the level of even being subjected to the death penalty, yeah, uh, if it's warranted, and that's what God means here by uh, they bear the sword, and they don't bear the sword in vain. They don't bear the sword for nothing. God has given them the sword, mm-hmm. the implement that can take your life, that can kill you, yeah, if necessary, 
So that's what we mean by coercive power, and the government has been entrusted by God with coercive power. And there is something to be feared in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says that. You should be afraid if you're an evildoer. If you're yeah. wicked, you break the law. And you get caught and busted by the law, then you deserve what you get. That's mm-hmm. basically what he's saying. Right. Uh, if you're a, a law-abiding a citizen and you obey the law, then you don't have anything to be afraid from God's point of view. Right. At least they shouldn't be hounding you and chasing you right. if you abide by the law. You should be protected by the law. So you shouldn't have anything to fear. Um, but I... I wanted to talk about um, a recent event that uh, came up during the last year and a half, yeah. and it was in the midst of COVID and all kinds of crazy stuff that was going on. And that was this movement called Defund the Police yeah. that is actually still alive and well here in America it is. today, June 2022. We actually have American politicians uh, either in office right now or running for office, and on their platform, one of their items that they are proposing or still advocating is that we need to defend the police, all police. Mm-hmm. Um, so that rose to prominence about a year, year and a half ago, and a lot of uh, politicians were jumping on board defunding the police. Uh, immediately when I heard that, to me, I just thought of this is from the devil himself. Yeah. This is basically what they're saying is we need uh, uh, anarchy. Yeah. We want lawlessness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were condemning government officials or police uh, officials or even the military, yeah. Uh, which God says no. They've been given the sword uh, on behalf of God to represent God to bring order to protect the innocent. Um, so, this idea that we need to defund the police, we need to hate the police, we need to hate the military—that mm-hmm. is antithetical to the Christian worldview. No Christian should think that way. Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, in light of this, and also in, uh, I want to read this passage in First Peter. Two, similar passage, parallel passage of our attitude towards government, and the military, and those who wield the sword. Yeah. First Peter two thirteen, he says, "Submit yourself, Christian, for the Lord's sake, because you're a Christian. In light of what God thinks, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king, as the one in authority, or to governors, as sent by him for the punishment of evil doers." And the praise of those who do right. The punishment of evil doers. Yeah. There are legitimate governing authorities uh, who have a job of punishing evildoers yeah. physically. That's what police do. And that's why people hate them so much, <laughs> because they're a threat. Right. They're an inhibition to doing things the way they want to do, whether it's uh, perpetuating crimes or those kind of things. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why people hate cops. Yeah. Is because they're criminals and they have a, a rebellious spirit. Mm-hmm. That's one reason. Uh, another reason being advocated most recently of defunding the police is that all police are abusive. Right. They abuse their authority. All police are corrupt. All police are evil, which we know that is not true. No. That's overstating the case. Yeah. It's a very, very small minority of police who would fall into that category. And there are corrupt police. Sure. As there are corrupt. It's kind of funny that. A lot of these politicians who are saying the police are corrupt are corrupt politicians. Mm -hmm. Not all politicians are corrupt. Um, But here's here's a quote from one of the leading House of Representatives uh, about a year and a half ago uh, who was just on a rant publicly. Uh, And a catalyst is this whole defund the police movement, a representative from uh, Minnesota. And she – YouTube that. Uh, She said, quote, we need to dismantle the 
Minneapolis Police Department. Mm. We need to dismantle. The police department is cancer. And then she just goes on and on. Um, and she is paid by the U.S. taxpayers. Is she saying that? Mm. She's in utter defiance of Romans 13 and what God thinks yeah. about those who wield the sword. Yeah. And it is just overt evil, yeah. that mindset. And incredibly naive incredibly. to think that defunding police and removing police is going to create a better and more stable society is utterly naive in light of what we know about the wickedness of the human heart. Yep. So it even even people who would frame it as, well, we're going to defund the police, but we're going to put the power into the hands of the people, and we're going to have the community do this kind of policing and sort of thing. Um, that is incredibly naive as well. Yep. That is not reckoning with the the wickedness of man and the need in this fallen state for the government to bear the sword in order to have this coercive power to to enforce what is good and to punish what is evil. And so it it does it stems from wickedness. Um, these kinds of comments it's, it stems from naivety about the how evil man is and what is actually needed for a stable society. Yep. So well, naive. Good point. And she's naive about what she thinks the solution is. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if it, I mean, she just thinks if we get rid of police, we'll solve the problem. <laughs> we'll end racism, basically. Right. right. Uh, so she's naive about the solution. She's also naive about the problem. Because mm-hmm. from her point of view, her, she's coming from, and a lot of them do, who believe in this defund the police movement, yeah. come from a Marxist worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, and so her... Uh, diagnosis of the problem is it's just an economic problem. Yeah. It's a socially structured, misguided problem. Right. So if we could just restructure society, we'll fix the problem. Right. It's an easy fix. If we can just usher in utopia with mm-hmm. a few uh, changes of the law, we can fix the problem. So it's yeah, it's superficial, point. it's external, and she's not even addressing. That's why it's you need a Christian worldview because we can diagnose the problem properly from the Bible. The, the problem is the human heart. And here's the the biblical diagnosis that really cuts the chase here, and that's uh, Jeremiah seventeen nine. This is the problem that we have in society. Uh, every individual, according to Jeremiah, really from God's point of view, the heart of humanity, mm-hmm. the heart of every human. Uh, Jeremiah seventeen nine. The heart is more deceitful than all else. Yeah. And it is desperately sick. Or the King James legitimately says. The human heart is desperately wicked. Yeah. It is desperately wicked. Who can understand it? Uh, and the Lord searches the heart. He knows the mind. Uh, he's the only solution. Yeah. And so every human being is born of this world evil to the core yeah. from the inside. And then they will manifest that sin at some point in the world. And as a result, God wants to restrain right. evil at every level. Right. And he's put all these things in place to try to restrain evil, mm-hmm. including his law, government, his word, uh, the church, the family. All these are to his attempt to deter humanity so that we don't kill ourselves, yeah. consume ourselves. Yeah. And we're able to say, as Christians, we're able to say that the police is necessary. We're even able to say, based on what you just said about the uh, wickedness of the human art, we can even say that, yes, there are some uh, evil police officers who need to be disciplined and removed from their position. And we can say both things at the same time, but we can also say that there are some really good police officers. We know a number of them personally. I had a lot of police officer friends when I was living in Kentucky, all of good men and uh, suing, seeking to do what is right. And and so we can say both things at the same time. And that is the, the, the freedom of the, the Christian worldview. 
Yep. Amen. Which is a good segue to um, our intention on our next episode is we want to have a guest who's a man of God and mm. at the same time served in uh, the police department for over 30 years. Yeah. Well, we'll look forward to that. And so uh, thank you so much for listening uh, today and joining us. Please check out withallwisdom.org where you'll find all of our written and audio resources. Until next time, keep seeking the Lord in His Word. Mm.